Stay tuned after the show to find out how you can join us for a very special Let's Read Spider-Man 100th episode celebration. Let's Read Spider-Man! Let's Read Spider-Man! 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 Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here's a guy who's been with me for 100 episodes more or less, my always present friend, Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? Uh, I'm feeling great. Can you believe we've made it that long? It's really a lot of Spider-Man to try to digest and podcast about. All right, well, in the last 100 episodes, we've covered approximately 200 uh, Spider-Man books. Some of them were Marvel Team-Up, and sometimes Spider-Man was appearing in someone else's book briefly, but we've done a lot of that. We're not going to be able to talk about all 200 books. We're not going to be able to talk about all 100 episodes we did. I think we're going to talk about the first 50, and I'm going to break it into chunks. Maybe I'll do the first 10, and then we'll do the next 10, you know, covering those first 50 episodes that we did of Let's Read Spider-Man. All right. I remember these episodes. Um, They were a little bit rough. Uh, We've talked about remastering them a few times, but... You know, uh, excited to hear the evolution of our show. So, Eddie, in our first 10 episodes, we started off with Amazing Fantasy uh, 15, of course. And as we plotted along, some interesting things we learned about Spider-Man and Peter Parker. One of the things we learned about is that uh, in episode four, we learned that J. Jonah Jameson didn't have pants and you really enjoyed J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> Episode 5 brought us the first appearance of the Spider-Man Paddleboard Company, which would also be the last appearance of the Spider-Man Paddleboard Company, Eddie. I'm sure that you always wanted to see that as a sponsor, but uh, up until now, we've never gotten a call for that. You know, if we could bring the paddleboards back. That was a long time ago. They weren't very relevant and they weren't very useful. Uh, speaking of a long time ago, here's a clip from Episode 8 of Let's Read Spider-Man covering Amazing Spider-Man 11. What do you want to talk about? Uh, well, I mean, I want to go back to the fact that Doc Ock gets released. He's been a model prisoner. This is the second time, Doc, you know, the Vulture got released. He got released early for being a model prisoner. Like, take a look at Doc Ock. I mean, does he look does he look like he's going to be fine when he gets on the outside? Like, And why can these guys, they only seem to be able to behave when they're in prison. As soon as they get out of prison, back to doing their thing. To which the policeman says, it shouldn't be hard to land a good job as long as you keep your nose clean. Eddie, how do you feel about the release of prisoners in Spider-Man? This trope is almost, well, it is the longest standing one probably in Spider-Man. Only second to the, uh, you know, obligatory battle between two heroes. Uh, I'm so tired of people getting out early. You know, Eddie, one villain who's never getting out of jail early is the goblin he's never really captured uh, a few episodes later the goblin did make an appearance and uh, you had an opinion on his state of mind let's listen to that clip i mean he's one of the first villains that doesn't have like this vindictive nature that's really like <laughs> it, it, he seems to be and i think this is why the goblin goes the distance from the very get-go here he's like 
he doesn't let his emotional state really get in his way when he's fighting Spider-Man. Like he doesn't get just seem to get overly <laughs> angry or anything, and that's why I can take off and just be like, okay. I mean, Eddie, would you care to comment? <laughs> James B. trolling me a little bit here. <laughs> that that goblin early on. I mean. I just liked early on how the goblin would run away. He wouldn't stay and try to battle it out and, you know, go get in a slugfest with Spider-Man. But not emotional, probably not correct. <laughs> Our original segments were dated reference, yes. best insult, and favorite panel. Very good. And those have basically moved on and replaced with other segments. I don't really miss them. Do you? I do miss them, and I do try to incorporate them, at least in the um, summaries that I write, or sometimes in our talking. And we also had our first game show, which meant we had our first game show music, which became our first sound effect. Do you remember that? Oh, that's right. We had our first game show. Uh, you know, we haven't been doing enough game shows lately. we got to bring them back so we have more game show music. All right, we're going to soldier on here and talk about episodes 11 through 20 and what we learned about our show and spider-man we had some comical moments when aunt may told him to date mj even though he already had a girlfriend uh he went and uh tried to sell his webbing and his image and that didn't work we have eddie in episode 14 uh getting excited about web bats oh yeah in episode 16, you let us all know that Betty is a high school dropout. <laughs> we saw also Aunt May in, in uh, issue 24. She buys a hat for $6.75 Woo! in 1960s money, which is uh, outrageous, really. <laughs> so litterbugs and jaywalkers, watch out. Eddie, what do you want to talk about from those particular issues? I love this vintage of Spider-Man, the Ditko era, because it just... So many experimental kind of things happen in Spider-Man, and they're, it just feels like they're pushing the boundaries one way or the other, and weird things can happen, like Aunt May buying a hat. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a very fun uh, time uh, to be reading, and I'm sure writing Spider-Man, too. All right, one of our next topics is the fact that we have a special close every episode, which has something to do with either a quote from the book or a thoughts on something that happened in the book. Eddie, why do we never prepare the close? We prepare the whole show, but we don't prepare the close. Why is that? It's one of my favorite parts making the show mostly James B because uh, we, you know, we do have a pretty scripted show. I write summaries. James B comes up with kind of refining the things that happens uh, during the show and he, because our show is always within 30 minutes, it's super important that we stay on task for that. But uh, when we get to the close, you know, <laughs> uh, we just sit there and for a long time, we would just shoot different closes at each other and try to figure out which one was the best one. Yeah. And for any future first time guest, by the way, you're right in the close. And if it's terrible, we'll rewrite it with you. But if you get anything <laughs> close, we're good enough because we're not that picky. Of course, when there's no guests, we just sit there for 20 minutes working on a three-minute Yeah, And, of course, that's, you know, hanging out with you, James B., uh, being silly. Some of my favorite stuff to do. In Let's Read Spider-Man episodes 20 through 29, we cover Amazing Spider-Man issues 32 through 47. 
And in there, we have the master planner, which I really enjoy. Yes. Uh, we learn that, Eddie, you like J. Jonah Jameson a lot, and I like having two villains at the same time. Uh, we get the uh, old-fashioned chat uh, <laughs> reference comes up in issue 34. Uh, we also have a new segment we try called the Eddie 111, as we're trying to figure out a way to make summaries more efficient, trying to race you through. Uh, so we had that for an episode or two. And we have an annual in here, which is going to prepare us for, you know, crazy situations, goofy situations, and basically it'll prepare us for Marvel team-ups down the road. Let me just take a quick listen to our episode on Amazing Spider-Man Annual 3 with the Avengers. I, I don't, if I was Daredevil... I don't know if I'd show up. Would you show up, James B? <laughs> he doesn't know. Uh, I guess he knows that they're asking him just for a reference, right? I mean, I they do so. They do go to him and say, you know, uh, the mighty Avengers, my curiosity, wouldn't let me ignore your summons. And they're like, yeah, we've got a – we just want to know. Um, we have this job, um, and we want to know if your friend would be good for our job. It's a superhero job, by the way. Actually, that's not even that's not even the most upsetting part of this page to me still. It's it's that when he shows up, the wasp says she looks at Daredevil and her response is mm, oh. I hope he's a slow talker. <laughs> the wa every I was waiting till the end, but the everything the Wasp says and Henry Pip says in this comic is atrocious, completely atrocious. <laughs> uh, there's a good reason we're not doing Avengers comics, right, James B? If this is a taste of what it's like to uh, be an Avenger and read through the Avengers, <laughs> please bring back Spider-Man. <laughs> Let's read Spider-Man 28 with the Avengers uh, and Annual 3 is definitely one of my favorite episodes we ever did. But you did something in episode 27, which was spontaneous, and it's not that often I get fooled. And it was something that you sprung on me and I thought it was super funny. So I'm going to give you a clip from episode 27 of our show and see if you remember this. He comes up with a plan and uh, pulls it off. What did you think about that? It was impressive, James B. <laughs> Wait, is that, is that, is it could that, be Spider-Man or it could be Eddie. Who knows which one it is? I don't know. Who's, is this a special guest on the podcast? <laughs> Finally has entered. Oh, I think I see them over there. I, it's amazing how much this mask and I, I feel like, right? Spider-Man's costume has to be a very thin layer of fabric because he's moving all over the place. and It's not like ripping your tail. Do you want to take a moment and tell us a little bit about Spider-Man's mask, his costume, the way he moves, anything you want to share that you learned through these first hundred episodes? Uh, well, we learned, we learned, I have to quote much, you know, I have to quote Travis Bow. The, the mask and the Spider-Man costume does what it needs to do when the writers need it to do something. So <laughs> if we need his voice to be muffled, uh, even if he's, you know, talking to his girlfriend of many years be it liz be it gwen or his friends harry uh mj uh then his his voice is muffled and he's been running around without his mask on a lot lately it seems very careless i you know whatever the writers need is what happens <laughs> gotta be honest with you getting all these clips together has not been easy but 
I got two more for you. From episode 30, Eddie, we have the infamous cocky tin horn reference. And from episode 31, we have Eddie believes Spider-Man is a menace. So please listen to these two clips and then uh, let me know what you think. Spidey's swinging around in a winter wonderland looking for that cocky tin horn craven. Now, James B., I'm going to interrupt my my summary right now. Okay. Because no joke, last podcast, I called Craven a cocky tin horn. I recall. Which many, many of our listeners probably don't know what a cocky tin horn is. This, no joke, Spider-Man refers to Craven as a tin horn also. And I, I that was not, I did not read this. Uh, this. This term I've heard, it's used in like old Westerns. I heard it at my wife's grandma's house because she almost exclusively watches old westerns i think this is one of my favorite aspects of this project um we uh, put out so much content that anybody who listens to us knows like two episodes a week and i must say it's rather demanding to create two podcasts a week but fundamentally we're reading through comics that we really love and i i because it's so condensed um I really feel like we're understanding what it was like to write and be a part of what's happening uh, through the process of creating Spider-Man and sending him on all these adventures. While you take time to work on the summaries and rewriting them in your own words, I'm looking for funny moments or conflicts we can talk about. And sometimes those conflicts are funny and sometimes the funny moments are conflicts. And like in this episode we had. You talked about your menace thing for like two minutes about how oh, Spider-Man's I'm, a menace. Like you were, a, you were like J. Jonah Jameson. That's why I didn't want to rehash it with like another thing. Because <laughs> you, you felt that strongly that Spider-Man's a menace that you had another two-minute well, monologue? We've never, we've never, like, I, I gave it a serious discussion because like it's just such a reoccurring theme, you know? I looked back through, like, the books. I'm sitting here with my mouth open. Like, you, do you really believe Spider-Man's a menace? No, like, I, you really I, don't be- really, I don't really believe it. But I do think, like, it's not an invalid argument that J. Jonah Jameson has. We've talked about this, James B. I know you go into the, uh, you know, the movies, the Sokovia Accords. Superheroes are a double-edged sword, and... You know, what I'm watching the show, The Boys, we know that they're maybe all powerful physically, but mentally they're very fragile creatures just like most people. And if things don't go well, then, you know, it can be bad. And Spider-Man does more good than bad. Lately, he's been not such a good guy again, kind of reverting to when he used to be really in competition with the Human Torch for a whole bunch of different things. Uh, but, you know, he's he's not a menace. Not a menace at all. Oh, I see you're trying to do my J. Jonah Jameson impression. Maybe you should stick with Joe Robbie uh, <laughs> instead if you want to do someone from the Daily Bugle. Uh, do you know who Joe Robbie is? <laughs> um, I think you might now, but there was a time when you did not know who Joe Robbie was. This is from episode 32 of Let's Read Spider-Man. Well, did you did you you don't even know who Joe Robbie is? So at I least don't you, think I do. <laughs> at least at least you understand who Ned Leeds is. It could be someone worse than Ned Leeds, I guess. Correct, correct, correct. <laughs> um, he's important. Well, this is his first appearance. Is Joe it Robbie. his first appearance? I thought I thought I had seen him before several nope. times. Oh no, Joe Robbie? No, we've been waiting for Joe Robbie to show up. Uh-huh. No, Joe Robbie. All it's right. just you know he's kind of. I I was so bored by Ned and Betty through this section. I'm sorry. I 
passed it over rather rapidly. JB. Poor Betty. She's already gone through so much with... This is the same sequence that she had with Peter going out into danger, and she thinks it again. And Eddie, you love Betty Brandt. <laughs> Her face of extreme concern. Yes. Only on Let's Read Spider-Man will you have a host who loves Betty Brandt and does not know who Joe <laughs> Robbie is. Eddie, let's hear about your thoughts about Joe Robbie. <laughs> It was first appearance, Joe Robbie, and we are reading these. Let us let us emphasize as uh, the first time through. And you know, my job is to be the enthusiastic amateur. I love Joe Robbie; he's just fantastic. Okay, so in episode thirty-three, I had a situation where I did not name a segment, and I am an only child. I like to be in charge, and you named a segment, and well, that name stuck. Here is a very popular segment that you basically aimed for us. And now it's time for an official new James B. feature on Let's Read Spider-Man. Uh, I, th- I think we should call this the complicated ladies of Peter Parker's life. James B., how are the ladies faring? <laughs> uh, a, perfect, a perfect segment to come out at this time. We're just starting to transition Gwen Stacy into a romantic character. <laughs> Uh, MJ's out there floating around being jealous sometimes. We've got Betty, you know, still in the mix a little bit. Just really fun segments. And there's a song called You Live In My Heart by David Feslian. It's free download at Feslian Studios. It's a three and a half minute song. And we've been taking it and using the first minute or so. Reducing the volume all the way down. And uh, that's what you get. So uh, great idea. The complicated ladies of Peter Parker's life. Eddie, could you believe after 36 episodes, we finally got a guest? You were very concerned about this. I was like, I'm just going to read some Spider-Man. Maybe somebody else will show up that who also likes to read Spider-Man. I'm going to play you a clip and note that we don't even give the guest a chance to really talk about themselves either because we <laughs> had oh. no idea how to handle a guest. But there is something about today's podcast that will make it better. That's right, James B. Today, we have a guest. Introducing Sarah Pezzel, our special Let's Read Spider-Man guest. We are thrilled to have you join us. How is it going, Sarah? I am so excited to talk about Annual Number 4, and I'm so ready for 41 frantic pages of fabulous far-out thrills. (laughs) All right. And on we go with the summary. Uh, You know, we figured that out, too. But uh, we've had lots and lots of guests since then and lots of repeat guests so i think we've figured out how to handle the guests properly what do you think probably my second favorite part of this show other than you know producing the show with you and reading through spider-man i guess maybe that's my third it's meeting people who are also just as enthusiastic about reading a bunch of you know vintage spider-man comics uh it's it's been great all the guests have been so awesome to have on the show, and I really appreciate them appearing. All right, we're going to talk about some other things that happened between issues 30 and 39 of Let's Read Spider-Man, which covers Amazing Spider-Man 48 through 63. Um, Spider-Man, we find out, loses his sense in the snow. He has no spider sense when he's in the snow. Eddie, we also learned out that gas could be a weakness to destroy uh, Spider-Man. Eddie, declare your best panel ever is watching Aunt May having tea with Doc Ock. 
<laughs> if only, if only I could have a cup of tea with Doc Ock and Aunt May. I know everyone, anybody's listened to our show knows that I regularly drink a cup of tea. It's like one of my favorite things to do in the morning and always during podcasting, I have a something to calm my throat. Well, I think that <laughs> even though there was a bunch of key party jokes and some other things, the big, big moment between episodes 30 and 39 happened in episode 38, which is the Gloom Room Agogo, and I'm going to play you that clip. Well, you're, you're making a strong argument, but having a picture in hand of him breaking the law, I, I just think this raises major questions. I guess we need, you're correct. We need to take this in some context because it does appear that Peter has it out for Captain Stacy in one way or another, throwing him to the ground, coming to the house, and now trying to incriminate him. Uh, also, Eddie, are you saying I'm being are you saying that yes. things printed in the Daily Bugle <laughs> is how you determine what's right and wrong? As a legitimate source of information. <laughs> uh oh. I think he might get, you, you might have me on this one, James B. <laughs> <laughs> the right. daily i'm citing the daily bugle as my serious scholarly text <laughs> all right fine not, not reliable oh, i could barely stop laughing about that right now it it's our it's my favorite argument we had uh on the podcast where you just uh you know usurp my foolishness of citing the daily bugle so appropriately um you know i i don't know what to say james b but let's continue on let's hear a different clip besides me making making a foolish statement we also learn in episode 38 that peter finally figured out he should put a gas mask on uh, in episode 39, we learn that Spider-Man can't fight in the rain. Um, we have a kid yell, Mommy, I'm frightened. Episode 39 actually is the first use of, in the intro, we say, here's the guy who blah, 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 blah. It's kind of been our intro for, you know, 60 podcasts in a row. It first happens there. And ironically, two episodes later is the first time you start giving out the email and Twitter handles, which, again, seems to be a staple of our show. Uh, we try to poll in episode 40, uh, try to reach out to the listeners and come back with that. And we find out that James B. likes to vulture, possibly because uh, we are both old. In episode 46, the narrator acknowledges Aunt May is not uh, is not in bed. Let me, uh, let me actually pull up that clip real quick for you. I have to read the narrator's passage on page 10. And now, for the benefit of Aunt May's countless fans we happily present one of the few scenes which doesn't show her at death's door. Ah, uh, Eddie. I lost my mind here. This was amazing. I'm so, so happy that we've been talking about this all the time, really. And now here it is. And they're like, oh, by the way, we know it too. What, did, what, did you lose your mind when you saw this? Uh, I, Just the me? best one of the best parts of this issue. And I had never considered to be a fan of Aunt May, but from this day forth, count me in. I'm a fan. Okay. Aunt May, she's here. Peter's sending her off. Sarah, all kidding aside, how important is Aunt May's presence in Peter's life? 
Well, I think that anime is the most important thing in Peter Parker's life because he'll do anything for her. Eddie, can you address what Sarah was answering? Is Aunt May the most important thing in Peter Parker's life? What do you think she's done for us through these 150 issues so far? Well, early on, she was critical. I mean, she really helped Peter find his moral center. I said it a couple of times, without Aunt May, it's very possible Spider-Man would be a supervillain, not a superhero. But he really like felt strongly that she was the guiding light in his life as a young man in high school um, for whatever, 50 to 100 issues. Um, at which point they changed the writing style, and appropriately so, because Peter's gotten older. He's, you know, around 20-ish, 1920-ish. And Aunt May no longer is the same kind of importance that she was before. She goes off with Anna Watson. She's more has her kind of own world than Peter has his world. Although she still shows up, like, when she's getting married to Doc Ock. <laughs> so uh, she's very important, but probably not nearly as much as she was in his early life. Okay, well, let's get our sponsor out of the way. Oh, how could I forget? Yes, James B. Eddie, stand-up paddleboarding is the fastest-growing sport in the world for a good reason. Not only is it a great workout and easy to learn, paddleboarding is also fun, invigorating, and enables you to connect with nature. Eddie, a long time ago, you inquired about the stand-up paddleboard made by the Spider-Man Paddleboard Company. <laughs> well, great news for you. They've been working for a full year, Eddie. Finally! Over and over and over. I will tell you, the biggest problem they had, Eddie, was durability. These things would sink. These things would last 10 minutes. They got themselves up to one hour, and then they would just dissipate and fall apart. There was some ingredient missing. Well, now... We have the perfect paddleboard, Eddie. The missing ingredient has been added. It's time for you to try our sponsor, the new Spider-Man Asbestos Paddleboard. That's right. It's a perfect choice for first-time and beginner paddleboarders because it's versatile and can work in all conditions. Very maneuverable on waves. It shreds right through the water. It's uh, good for high-intensity workouts. It can be used for maximum glide efficiency. Uh, has an extra length, has extra width. Eddie has everything you want. Eddie, the, the addition of asbestos has made this thing perfect and has an expansive deck pad. So you can even do your standard paddleboard yoga. This is everything you want. Your whole family can enjoy the new asbestos <laughs> brand, uh, Spider-Man asbestos paddleboard. So Eddie, you've been asking for it. We've been working on it. We're so glad we can bring this to you. Eddie, I know you're going to be picking up a lot of these. Uh, I've got a special deal we can give you if you guys are going to order a five-pack, you know, one for Pepper and one for everyone else in your family. <laughs> uh, you can talk off the air about that. But how excited are you about the Spider-Man? Oh, man, Spider finally. I've been waiting for this sponsor for such a long time, and you had me totally sold in the first half of this sponsor, James B. Excellent. I would love a Spider-Man panel board. Great. It, it's it's got to be made of asbestos. And did you suggest that it should be for my dog, too? I well, just read the copy. A puppy paddleboard? Puppy Spider-Man paddleboard? Yeah. All right. Well, you know, if, if if they have that, more encouraging. But why does it have to be made of a material that uh, not only is not known for its water-resistant qualities, but also for its uh, deadly... Uh, lung cancer 
causing fibers. It sounds like it sounds like a <laughs> it half. would probably be okay in the water though. So yeah, and you've been waiting a year for this sponsor, like a full year, and uh, you know, look at it as a glass half full kind of situation. Like you're glad you got it. Don't worry about the asbestos. So uh, what do you think? Interesting. And yet, somehow, I don't want to expose my family to floating asbestos all over the place. So, see, that's the half-empty look. I don't think so. Really, really, we, we. This is not a surprise to anyone listening. Speaking of the listeners, Eddie, if the listeners of Let's Read Spider-Man wanted to give us some feedback on how to do a better hundred episodes, how could they find us? You could email us anytime at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com. Or you could find us on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. And now it's time for the close. I'm James B., joined by... Eddie! And remember, listeners, if you want to be a good boy like Peter, just get yourself a glass of warm milk and curl up with a good book. Hopefully, a Spider-Man comic book. Goodbye! Goodbye! I hope you enjoyed talking about the first 50 episodes of our show and all the comics that happened back then. Is there anything uh, we didn't cover that you wanted to just throw in here at the end? You know, James B., it's really fun to look at the past and see all the things that we did uh, and that we created. But as always, we're moving forward rapidly. So I want to go write some summaries for the next shows. Um, I'll see you soon. Sounds good. And I'm going to have to make a very important call to a very disappointed paddleboard company that's been working hard for a year. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our 100th episode. We'd love to meet a few of our listeners online and we're going to have ourselves an online video chat. The way that you can get invited to this chat is by emailing us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com and we will send you a link to a Google Doc. The Google Doc will be updated on July 25th and we hope to meet everyone between 8 and 10 p.m. Eastern Time, USA. And be aware that the email you use to contact us will be the only email that can get into the drive to see the link. Please don't leave me alone with Eddie and his tea. 